racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. The road to the Melbourne Cup officially begins this Thursday night at Sandown Park as the Melbourne Cup launch is underway. And straight off the top, I'm going to welcome our main man in from Sandown Park, Jason Adams. Jace, you must just jump out of bed this time of year with a, a little bit of an extra spring in your step. It's very, very exciting stuff down there at the moment. It is, Jim, and this sort of carries a lot of momentum from this point onwards. And we know how fast time goes. You look at the form guide, and it's got October. You think, geez. What on earth? It's it's not that far away, and you you know, especially when the grass starts to cut loose, the weeds are going berserk. You just know we're getting to a good time of year from a, a racing point of view. Well, I had uh, the little bloke's second birthday last week, and we had it at our place. We live on a little bit of land, so there's plenty of grass, and you're not wrong about the grass cutting loose. I tell you, I had to mow. The, the wife gave me strict orders to mow the grass where we were having the party three times in the lead up. So. Two of them was on the morning of, and I tell you what, by the time we got to the party, the, the little yellow flowers were starting to come through again. <laughs> but uh, it's that time of year. And like you say, you can just walk outside, and I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're lucky because our carnival of racing is in spring, which I think for racing is the best time of year. But, you know, I, you, you just feel it when you walk outside in the morning knowing that the big racing's there. And as a trainer as well, I... Look, I've been pinging out of bed at 6 o'clock at the moment. We've we've been lucky enough to snare a couple of decent races lately and you just get that extra momentum, I think, this time of year. And and I guess everybody in the game, they're starting to dream of, of what could be moving forward. Yeah, everything heats up. I mean, daylight savings ticked over on, on Sunday morning and everyone feels better for that, getting slightly warmer. And once we're over and done with, with the Adelaide Cup this Friday night, it's all Victorian focus. We've got Melbourne Cup prelims next week and, of course, the first of the... The big ones for the for the carnival, which there's going to be a lot more detail about from GRB in the, the next couple of weeks. But the first of them is the, the Top Gun, of course. So really good period of the year. I'm going to disagree with you, mate, and say that uh, Daylight Savings didn't do everyone the world of good. I, I saw a few people... Oh, what's your argument here? No, I saw a few people Sunday morning when you lose the hour, um, the hour sleep, they, oh, okay. they were battling big time. And one, yeah. one who I can mention is the great man Calvin Russell, who has a nice little team that he trains <laughs> out of uh, Northern Victoria. He was rusty getting to Hillsville in the morning. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's a, it's a long, I think, three-hour drive for him anyway. And then he goes, I didn't realise that... Daylight savings was starting as well until the night before. So he's rolled into bed late um, and had to get up super early. So, no, that's that's the one downside, mate. But as you say, it, it is good. And, and this time of year, it's starting to really warm up as we count down to the Melbourne Cup. Run of the week. Run of the week from last Thursday night at headquarters in Melbourne town. And a trainer who's just been absolutely jet-propelled at Sandown Park winning these 600s is Aaron D. Batista. And I thought he had run of the week last week. It was Taste the Goal winning over the 595. They're ready and they're away. Good speed out from Shirzani and also hustling through now. Taste the gold goes past it to take the lead. Third, now second, cash it in. Close and handy into the first turn, uh, second turn. Behind them was Zenium Bale. On the uh, getting checked there was Kai Bale. Rallying through was Smooth Talker with Hyena on the inside from Rufus Scrimjaw. And Shirzani's back to the rear of the field, but at the leader was Taste the Gold. Taste the Gold by two lengths. After it was cash it in, there are miles 
Bale clear of Zini and Bale, but takes the gold, lands some good wages as well. Taste the gold by four, second cash it in, third I think Zini well, Taste the gold, cashed it in I guess at the end there, 34.01. Were you at all surprised about the time this dog was able to produce there, Jace? I thought it was a fabulous win. Yeah, top win. And look, he's had some good wins in the past. I mean, we don't have to look back till August where he won at the Meadows in, in 34 and 56. So he'd say it's probably a, a comparable run to a, a 34.02 at Sandown. And for our man Aaron Debatista, he, he minds his own business, but he's a lovely bloke and he's flying at the moment. <laughs> Anything over 600 metres at Sandown with A. Debatista next to its name, um, penciling in as a win because he's been humming over the troop lately. I first met Aaron Debatista many, many, many moons ago, and I'm not even sure if he'll he'll remember this or he'll know that it was me, but was one of the first meetings that I ever called. That was the uh, the Gold Rush non-tab meeting at Bendigo. And Noel Massena gave me a call and he said, would you be willing to, to call the meeting? And I was absolutely chuffed. I think I was 16. So I put the learner plates on. Mum and Dad jumped in the car and we rented a, a cheap hotel up there in uh, in Bendigo, spent the night there. And uh, I think... And how'd you warm up for the for the meeting, Jim? Did you get that G1 jockey in the hotel? Well... And- Start calling some races to, to get your, your voice into order. To be honest, it's funny. This was, oh, I'd say, 15 years ago, and I still remember it vividly. I, you know, when you're only about 15, 16, I must have been 16 turning 17 because I was driving, so I wasn't driving illegally. Um, but I was about 16, let's say. Um, and, and I remember vividly when I got there, I, I'd probably printed out the form guide. Um, and I was sitting there. You know how when you go to a hotel room, there's those like little business sort of setups where they've got a little desk and you know that little light that you can tap on and you can plug your of computer course. in. Well, I, I sat under that light. I used their their pen from the hotel, and I was sort of just sifting through the form guides. So there was no G1 jockey, but I was preparing. And the the, the story goes that the morning of the race meeting, they had a golf day um, for the Bendigo Greyhound Club, and it was down at the Axdale Golf Course, which is a lovely little course, and. Uh, I actually was paired up myself and my old man with uh, Aaron D. Batista and somebody else. And uh, as it turned out, we were able to uh, to roll Aaron D. Batista. So I don't think we'd beat him on the racetrack, but we were able to, to get the better of him on the golf course. Well, I was just about to say, how do you, how do you hit him? But if you knocked him off, it's, uh, <laughs> it's probably saying enough. Well, when a 16-year-old kid knocks him, but that, they were knocking the beers off. So I think that's why we were, we were able to get the better of them. But uh, uh, So handy, handicap play, had a handicap. I think so. <laughs> Thursday's preview. Tell you what, this episode of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast is story time with James Vandermart at the moment, isn't it? Uh, but it's yeah, are, good. We, are we proving, proving a race meeting, are we? Oh, mate, we're, we're about to, yeah. No, we, oh, we've okay. got to get back to business. Uh, we've probably lost all the listeners by now. They're, they're, they're bored to their, uh, their eyelids. But, uh, no, hopefully they've enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure they have. It's always great to hear about the, uh, the great characters in the great sport of greyhound racing. Let's look at this Thursday meeting, mate. As my mate Smithy says, 12 races, 12 winners. I don't think we'll find them all. I'm going to be, going to be honest. I'm going to be Serious. Uh, race one, 627. Jay Adams, three votes. I'm going with number five, Federal Fernando on top. I I just think the four is going to come out, crash left, and the yellow can lead. I, I did like the six winning the mate and final last time, but I'm going to go with five, Federal Fernando each way. Number six for me, Akina Jack. I thought he was impressive in that maiden final, but 29 and 59s. A good enough time to be... Uh, Certainly very good contention in this one. So number six for me. Race two, I'm with uh, Earthworm Jimmy. He, he probably is a funny dog because he, he probably gives the indication he, he likes the inside. But when we, we've watched him of late, he probably has veered up the track a little bit before he's gone in. But his stats from inside draws are much better. Um, and you look at his form. He was placed to Dynamic Prince. He ran a really good race behind Kai Bale. He, he's got to get his chance from box one. So I'm keen enough on Earthworm Jim. 
Yeah, I didn't love the race, so I went with number eight, Piscopo Bale. And look, she was pretty good last week. She The run probably was better than what it looked because Amron Dan just stormed over the whole field. But yeah, in a race that I thought was pretty open, I went with her. Tell you what, a man who's hitting the red wines as we record this is Ian Garland. And the good news is we're going to have a chat with him in just a moment. So uh, I'd be staying tuned for that. Talk about story time. We might get a few out of the great man. Uh, at least a couple of red wines in. I'm with his dog here, Aston Jonas. I think he's one of the better bets of the night because uh, he's win last time. Uh, he had no right to win. Uh, he was a mile back against good quality dogs and he just uh, flew home, hit the line. He, he's been a dog, and I know Troy Harley was was really keen on him uh, a while ago through that Pink Diamond series, that, that the times that he can trial, and we'll hear about this shortly with Ian Garland, he, he should be a group class stayer, and I think Ian Garland's confident that he might be, and uh, this would be the, the start to that, and, and maybe the start to a, a bold trees type of journey for this dog. He promises a lot, and I tell you what, let's let's extend this podcast just so Ian can get a few more reds under his belt. And I think it's <laughs> it's beneficial for the show, Jim. But I went with number six, stay strong. I just don't mind the move to send her over seven hundred meters. I think she's been thereabouts over six hundred. I think there's there's more in the tank than, than what we typically see from her. So I think seven hundred is a good move. You were saying before we went to air, I was telling you about Ian having a couple of reds tonight, and. You said sometimes you reckon it's a lot better if, if people are one or two drinks in because they can sometimes, I guess you lose the nerves and you just sit back and you might give away a little bit more than you may well of if you weren't a couple of uh, cordials in. Well, to a certain extent, I think most of us are like that. And we spoke about Chris Scott on AFL 360 last week. He had a couple under his belt and he was open in saying that on air. And it was one of the great interviews. So, yeah, there's a line to it, of course, but um, we'll see what sort of form Ian's in later on. There is a big line, I think. I've interviewed a few people over the years that were, were probably too uh, too over the top, but uh, that's that's the great game and that's the fun of it, I suppose. Uh, Ariane Bale, my best bit of the night. Race number four, Jason Adams. Uh, this run was a nightmare last week. Everywhere she went, she found trouble. She's dropping, I think, to the easier of the races uh, when it comes to the staying events, even though this is the mix four and five racing for more prize money than the previous, I, I just think she wins. So she's my best bet of the night. I did that last week, and I'm happy to uh, to, to follow again with Ariane Bale. Well, thank you, Juan. I'll go number two, Torpedo Ooh. Tears. And just think you can find the top, and if you can run around that 42 seconds flat um, in these staying races recently, that's going to be around the mark. So went with him. We've had a lot of story time. We've spoke about a lot, but um, I'm not sure. Did you watch any of the uh, the Olympics? I'm not even really sure if we're allowed to speak about that, but we'll just mention it very, very quickly. The, the clash of Ledecky and Ariane Titmus over all the different distances, I found it absolutely enthralling. Yes. Stop there, do we? What are you referring to? Oh, look, Ariane. Just, yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, I, I thought the, the swimming was amazing um, through the Olympics, but I'm not exactly sure if on this podcast, we're really allowed to talk about Olympics, so I'll leave it there. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a licensing uh, yes. sort of minefield, I think. Yeah, so we'll just we'll touch on the outside, say we love it, we think it's fantastic, and we will not speak about it, but uh, unless we find out that we are allowed to have a, a good chat about it. But um, race five. Oh, this is an interesting podcast, this one. I'm with the number one boom lateral to run a place here, Jason. Number four, Aston Velvet, for me, I think she can find the top and love her over these 600 metres too. It's one thing I don't like about the world these days, though, is you do have to be so careful with what you do all the time. Like, I love when people just come out with an opinion and they, they roll with it and, and they back that in. But I feel like nowadays you just have to be so, so careful with what you say. And I think it holds back from, from a, a viewer or listener's uh, side that they, they, they don't always get exactly what they could. Yeah, 100%, Jim. And it's funny you say that because I was watching an episode of, of Tuesdays with Terry on 
on racing.com last week and Dr. Turf was the guest and through that middle part of the episode, it's a great listen. He speaks about sort of um, sort of the, the weakness of racing that it can't really talk about itself without people being offended and, and whatnot. So mm. um, it's a good listen if anyone wants to, to go and, and suss that out. I've almost forgot what race we're up to, mate. Uh, six. Preview race six. Yeah, look, I'm with Storm Stroller here, number three. I, I think he can lead. He's probably going to need to lead because there is some depth in this one. How do you see race number six? Yeah, I might have wanted a little bit more from him last start. I went with mm. Hennessy. Good to see him back in the city. And when he has turned up in the city, um, he's looked pretty lethal. I think it was Melbourne Cup night last year where he cut loose mm. in one of the features on the night. So uh, good to see him back here, and I hope he can go well. Might have been a provincial plate or one of those type of races. I think you're that, right. Yeah, that he was able just to bolt to the front and win. Uh, race 7, Cup Preludes next Thursday, which is very, very exciting. We'll chat about those in just a moment. Who wins this race, mate? I'm with Let's Win Coin. I just think the fact she's drawn under baby JC, I think she can hold the lead from her early, and if she does that, she's going to be mighty, mighty hard to beat. A close watch, though, on Guelph, first up for the Ennis camp. I thought there was plenty of value about Peacock. I tipped him last week, and if he produced the same sort of run, I, I don't see how he can't be a good each-way chance. If he goes 2960 on the pace with, with not stacks of pressure sort of um, immediately surrounding him, I, so happy to maybe see him go back-to-back. So, number two for me. Race nine, I'm with the Red Master, the Yard. I just think holding a place on the race rails. Race nine, are we going back to eight? We'll come back to eight. Yeah, race nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll be with Master, the Yard as well, Jim. Just good run. Uh, and his previous run at, at Sandown when he was just in a really good battle with Street of Dreams, just couldn't get the better of him. But box one's got to be a, a big tick for him. Race 10, I'm not tipping. Sometimes you have to do what oh. Dr. Turf has done and just say it's too hard. Is that what he was saying? Something along those lines anyway. I, uh, I, I'm going with uh, nothing in race 10. It's the Green Light On podcast, and I'm willing just to watch a great race with a good race name. Oh, okay. Um, I'll take the wacky. Then number three, Call Me Buster. I actually was pretty bullish on him last really? week in his Adelaide Cup. He just didn't get the start right, but... Leading up, I thought if he gets a, a clear chance, he he's, um he goes all right. He wants to get to the middle of the track a little bit, but he's got Grayson Bale on his outside. He's not going to give him any grief at all in the first few strides. So I think he represented some good value. Race 11, I'm with number two, Loxton Bale. I think draws nicely, can get right up on the speed early and, and might be hard to catch from there. He didn't love the race when we blew Demon number seven for the Ennis Campbell's have Plenty of upside with a really good win at the Meadows three starts back, so hopefully you can bring some of that to Sandia. Race number 12, I'm with Greyhound number two, Quill Bale. I think the red can lead and be a little bit of a sitting shot for number two, who is probably one of my better bets on the each way for the night, even though Quill Bale hasn't really been hitting the line but has been going over the 600 in that last run. So I'm tipping the two in the last there, Chase. Yeah, well, any our punters, punters club, I'm going to split it in half, and one of them will be with number six, Aldrich. Bale here. He's been good in his past too and he had the fastest uh, first 20 metres in the whole meeting last week. So in a race where there's no pressure really on, I think he stepped at the front and uh, his run two starts ago was made to look a bit foolish by Zohar Bale, but Zohar Bale's a dead set machine mm. so I think Aldrich can run a great race. Back to race eight, mate. You would you would have thought by the sounds of it that uh, I left that one out on purpose, but I did actually skip well, the... Well, especially given we got lost as to where, what race we were two oh, races earlier. They did said I actually skipped the best race of the night that uh, that we are going to have a good look at now. The Sportsbet Melbourne Cup launch, special event, $10,000 to the winner. And this is the launch to the, uh, I guess, the, the, the greatest greyhound race in the game, the Melbourne Cup, the most prestigious. There's no doubt about that. It's had the prize money increase. Sportsbet are on board. And it's going to be a massive... 2022 edition and this race here 
another one that I thought could go many a ways. We see McInerney come back after winning the Million Dollar Chase as drawn box number four. Paddy wants Pat's unsuccessful in Adelaide last time. Then you've got Warfy who can do anything in box one. Rickard and Rick, the old boy, probably going to get outpaced in this field. Yudita Bale comes back in trip. Eldorado's flying flying at the moment, has drawn seven and plan ahead. Well, if he was drawn on the rail, he'd be a genuine chance. I've settled on Paddy Wants Pats. I just think underneath McInerney, if he can push through and lead, he is going to be so hard to beat. How, how did you see this one playing out, mate? Such a, a special race to launch the Melbourne Cup Series. Yeah, I saw it from the same lens as, as you did, Jim. I'm with Paddy Wants Pats and... We saw in a story in the lead-up to that Adelaide Cup, he had a, an issue with his wrist, which the Bravos gave him extra time to, to sort out. And given he's in um, a week following his Adelaide Cup, he says to me he's right to go. You're right with McInerney, going to give him room. He's going to beat out Rickon and Rick. So I think he's going to put himself in a really good spot. We know when he gets clear, he's consistently going to run around your 29-20, 29-30. So if he's going to settle in a pretty positive spot, um, I think he's going to be the ones to beat. Well, we finally put the line through the preview, but before we head to the punters punning club, Jay, so I just wanted to chat about the preludes. For those who don't know, next week the preludes begin for the Melbourne Cup Series. Can you explain, I guess, how they work and, and why you need to race in a prelude in order to race in the Melbourne Cup Series? Yeah, so you effectively earn your place in a heat. So there's a long list of feature races, exemption races, which is um, just about every group one in, in the country. There are about uh, country cups in Victoria where those winners um, are automatically exempt into a Melbourne Cup heat. Then you've got the winners of the prelude go straight into a heat, but you must compete in a prelude to be eligible to be drawn in a heat unless you've won one of those feature races um, at group level, which is in the, within the conditions about which ones they are. So um, you've got to go around. It's a pretty good system. You get good fields every time mm. because these dogs uh, got to go in them to, to be eligible for the heat. So um, I love preludes tonight. We're probably not going to get stacks of them next week, but it's, gonna, it's certainly going to start building momentum given – Friday marks, so we are 50 days out from the mm. Cup, which is quite scary. i tell you one thing I like about the Preludes. You start to see the, the Melbourne Cup contenders race on a regular basis at Sandown. And from a from a punting perspective, from a, a racing enthusiast, I think there's nothing better than seeing the best dogs racing in Melbourne at, uh, at headquarters. I think it's fabulous for the next 50 days, as you say. Yeah, big time. So there's three Prelude series, so we've got three cracks at uh, Greyhounds trying to, to work. They're spotting the heats and they're all going to be uh, good nights of, of racing. So the coverage is going to be strong. We're going to go up a gear from, from that point of view and they're looking forward to it. It's going to get fair income uh, this Thursday night and then, of course, going to snowball the, the following week too. Hunters Punting Club. I will have $20 each way on Ariane Bale, race four, number seven. I'm just going to have a sneaky $10 the win on Quill Bale in race 12. Jace. Race eight, number three, Paddy Wants Pats, $25 to win. And then the other one who I did like, race 12, number six, Aldrich Bale, $25 to win also. So splitting that pineapple in half. It's a slightly different setup on the podcast this week, mate, but it's been good fun, Jace. Good luck with Thursday night. And uh, let's hope Ariane Bale can win and then yours can roll home. Uh, Paddy Wants Pats. And round it out with old old Rick Bale a bit later on. Good luck Thursday. No worries. Cheers, Jim. Jim, I'm going to get on the couch, put the feet up, and have a listen to Ian Garland. Inside info. I'm really excited about uh, this edition of Inside Info, and as we've heard on the podcast, it's because we're joined by Ian Garland, and he's at least three or four red wines in, which is fabulous. Garland, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, James. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm going well. You're sounding pretty serious there. <laughs> I'm trying to 
trying to keep my straight head on. Hey, uh, that's what it's all about, mate. A Tuesday, you work hard all week, cutting hair, as as we know. We've had you on the podcast before, and, and then you're racing dogs a lot of the time. So Tuesday night, is, is that the night to rest with the family, mate, and kick the heels up? Oh, not always. It's just a little bit um, playing my middle boy's uh, girlfriend at her birthday. So she's out here for dinner and um, cooked up a storm and, uh, yeah, polished off a couple of reds. <laughs> You've cooked up a storm, have you, mate? Or Yeah, got the uh, smoker going and, uh, yeah, did a couple of rump caps and uh, they turned out a treat. I was going to say, what is the Ian special? Just some, some rump and anything else, mate? Any veggies on the platter? Oh, yeah, um, big boss on the veggies, so I yeah. can't climb them. No surprise you're on the red wines because I saw you at the Greyhound Industry Awards night. I only caught up with you for a moment, but uh, you look to be having a pretty good night then too. <laughs> yeah, no use uh, sitting back and letting everyone else have the fun. No, exactly, mate. Well, let's let's talk about having some fun at uh, Warnable last week. Aston Jonas, a Greyhound that... You've always spoke really, really high of as being, you know, a, a really nice stayer in the making. Um, he had yeah. no right to win last week. Yeah, no, it was a big run. The The dog's a little bit maligned, and I've got a few mates that always give me a hard time about him, but early in his career, he, he broke a metacarpal at Sandown, winning a final there, and I think it troubles him a little bit from time to time. So he's a work in progress, but... Um, when he's right, he, uh, he he's pretty fast. I tell you what, strong. I was speaking to my old man today. Uh, just we were in the car, and I said, Aston Cometo. I, I, some of his pups, I just love them because I, I reckon he's thrown that that real X factor into a lot of his dogs. And I think with Aston Jonas, yeah. he fits that exact build. When he when he produces his absolute best, he's as good as any greyhound in the country. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That might be a little bit of high praise, but he's yeah, he, yeah, Cometo's. Definitely. Well, he was outstanding ability-wise himself. So, well, um, yeah, and Jonas is definitely, you know, he's above average. And when he get, he wants a fence, and when he gets sort of near it and gets clear, he's uh, he can really let rip. What about uh, Thursday night? Race three, drawn box number three. I've been calling you a, a master when it comes to staying training for quite some time, mate. So I think you're one of the better bets of the night here. Have you had much of a look at the form guide, and, and how do you see the race playing out? Yeah, a little bit. I'm just, to be honest, I, I just hope that I'm easy boys can lead up and he can just get a nice little suck along for a couple of hundred metres because he seems, when he gets held up for, you know, a couple of hundred metres and then lets rip, that's when he really, really finishes off. So he's he's working up to being a season stayer, but he's not there yet. And, mate, for the rest of the kennel, there are a few that we should be keeping an eye on. I know Aston Jonas is in my black book on the Watchdog app. Is there a few others that we should be keeping a, a close eye on, mate, and maybe having a little uh, little play, gamble responsibly, of course? Yeah, no, nah, I'm pretty quiet at the moment. I haven't got a lot in the kennels to get excited about. So <laughs> Just excited about the red wine, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's it, mate. What's the what's the plan for the rest of the night? Is it, is it going to be a late one, uh, late Tuesday night and party nah, on into Wednesday nah, morning? No, <laughs> nah, maybe a game of pool and, uh, yeah, a c- couple, couple of nightcaps and that'll be it. Mate, you're showing your age. Good luck on, uh, on Thursday <laughs> night with Aston Jonas, mate, and thanks for coming on. No, nah, all good, James. Thanks, mate. And that's all for another great episode of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. It's been fabulous fun, a little bit different compared to the normal way we go about it here on the podcast, but uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Until next time, punters, safe travelling and happy punting.